Okay, we're ready. <clears throat> hey, but anyway, uh, I want us to start here uh, this morning. We're going we're gonna to look at um, uh, John chapter, just starting in the Gospel of John. But, you know, we've been, you know, every time we've got stuff going on here, we keep going back and, and looking back at, uh, if you can see this or not, I'll try to fix where you can. Oh, uh, going back and looking at uh, the history and the scriptures. Oh, uh, not technically who wrote what, because we're not interested in that. We're looking at the details. It doesn't matter who wrote it, you know. Oh, uh, but this is all, oh, uh, this is chronological order all the way down here. Genesis means beginning, obviously, and it doesn't take long. Genesis chapter one, God created, God created. I mean, go check the evidence, go look up and just Google evidence of young earth and it'll shock you because you're science, because you've been, you know, we've all been trained to think about scientists and research and whatever. All the research points to a young earth. But anyway, so it'll get you excited with, excited with all these dates and numbers in here. Oh, great history in Genesis. It's not just like one guy's point of view. I mean, you, you, you follow the scriptures and you go, wow, this happened. Okay, so Genesis is actually showing from Adam going on down, you know, how the earth got populated. Of course, remember, by the sixth chapter of Genesis, all of a sudden everybody's gone because there was a flood. Oh, my goodness. Okay, but now you've got left Noah and his three sons, Ham, Shem, and Japheth. So it starts over again. But anyway... Right after that second time it starts over again with all these people, you find out Abraham. And that's why it's on the news even today. Israel, Israel, Israel. What's so great about Israel? Well, the fact of the matter is, it's a fact. They're really there. So you go, hmm, wonder what that is. We'll trace back the history and you'll get the history from the book of Genesis all the way down to all these families, Abraham's families, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, their kids. That's where the nation of Israel come from. Exodus means they, it's the story of when they came out from underneath Pharaoh. And then from there on out, oh, this part here, Leviticus, if you just say Levi, it was nobody knew anything about God. God was having to teach them. And this was the Levites. The Levites were the ones that were in charge of, the, of, the, of, say, the church, all the church stuff. Okay, numbers, it's the numbers of the people that actually counted them like we can count today. How many people were at church today? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. And then somebody said it was Joy, it was Melody, it was Dustin, it was Rick. They wrote the names down. So it's very hard to go, somebody was just smoking the wacky weed to come up with this. Mm -mm. Matter of fact, it's incriminating. It's like, well, it's either true or it's not. Anyway, then you come down to Deuteronomy here, and it's the last thing that was done before they got to the promised land. And it was a recap of when Moses got them out when they split the Red Sea. Then you get down here to Joshua, promised land, 24 chapters, the historic information. Isn't it right? Okay. Now, then judges, what happened here, God already told him, you're going to start worshiping idols, which was a mistake. They're going to forget about God, and they're going to carve something out and say, you are my idol. You give me great crops. Oh, oh I worship you. You, know, you give me money. It was, they were trying to be like all the other nations instead of sticking with the Lord. This is a great picture here about Jesus standing at your heart's door and knocking. He's right there to help you. But today in our society, we just say, well, I am a Christian. I believe I'm going to heaven. Well, okay, you are. But there's so much more. He will take care of you from here till the time you go to heaven. And that's the reason for that picture right there. Just a picture of what he said in the book of Revelations at the end. But anyway, you'll see the Lord working all throughout here at the people that just simply asked him to help. Even when they made the most terrible mistakes. The worst of the worst people. When they finally said, Lord, i got to have your help, please. They got mercy and they got help. Isn't that right? Good. You're paying attention, buddy. I can tell. 
He's just leaning right there watching me. Good. All right. But anyway, you come on down here. Oh, you got Judges and 1 Samuel, 2 Samuel. This is where the history of these kings came in. It was 1 Kings and 2 Kings. And there was about, uh, <clears throat> about 30 of them at least, something like that. But anyway, let's scroll down here. I want to start with uh, uh, 1 Chronicles chapter 9 and show you a little bit of uh, some history right here that we get. It's just sort of a wrap-up. Look at this. 1 Chronicles chapter 9. Actually, before we do that, let me go to 1 Chronicles chapter 1 and let you see what the first verse is. Because this is a fantastic book right here. Chronicle meaning they kept a record. So here's what they did. Look at this. These are the earliest generations of mankind. Uh, here's the long genealogy. Well, guess what? You and I and all of us in this room can actually go back. You can start looking. It's all over the internet too. You know, what is it? Genealogies.com. You know, I mean, some, there's some places where they might have a little trouble in certain genealogies and whatever. But most people wrote this stuff down. I mean, it's not like I'm dumb and I can't remember who my grandparents are and my great-grandparents. That's about as far back as I can go, but my parents are still living and I can ask them. So it's not like, well, uh, it's just we're all on drugs here and, and we just happened, man. We just happened, man. We didn't just happen. There's a record. We came from somewhere. So anyway, the, he says the earliest records here. Kind of went away here. Let me see what happened. Yeah, the earliest generations of mankind, Adam, Seth, Enosh, Kennedy, I'm not going to read all these, but here they are. Jesus said the same thing when he was making reference to where his background came from. But now, look at the ninth chapter here just a moment. First Chronicles chapter 9. Notice what it says. We're just going to look at the first verses here. The family tree, look at this, of every person in Israel. Well, oh, come on. Wait a minute. If you're an American, you have a social security number. Some people, does that take, did you have to have technology to keep a record of somebody's name? No, we just use a little technology to write it down. They still wrote things down back then. Now, it'd be hard to sort that stuff if you wanted to sort it, but this is, this was, they just did this. Every, the family tree of every person in Israel was carefully recorded in the annals of the kings of Israel. Wow. Notice it didn't say just the kings because everybody else was peons. No, they had everybody's names. Anyway, Judah was exiled to Babylon. Now, let me tell you what happened here. The Israelites under, maybe you may have heard, Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar came in and took them over. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the burning fiery furnace, that incident. That's because Israel no longer existed. Why? Because they decided they didn't want God anymore. They wanted to make a golden God and worship it. Funny thing, some of those golden gods were cows. Moo! A cow. Gave me prosperity. I don't think so. So anyway, notice what it says. Judah was exiled to Babylon because the people worshipped idols. It's not because they lost their temper. They had a bad day. They were doing something else wrong or whatever. No, they completely decided, as far as the Bible goes, I don't want anything to do with it. I'm going to do and live my life on my own. I don't need God. Well, that's what got them in trouble. Because, see, you were built by the Lord. The Lord created you and I. Your body is sustained, every fiber of your being. You know, one cell in your body, get a load of this. I mean, I can't even, you, you have to see it under a microscope, electronic at that. Every cell in your body has got more detail than the space shuttle. Well, evolution, I don't think so. I don't think so. Matter of fact, go look and find out about the DNA of a human because we all came from monkeys. Guess what? Your closest relative, according to the DNA chart, is a chicken. But they won't tell you that. They don't want you to know that. 
But just go Google it and you'll find out. The DNA with a monkey don't even work. That's the reason they try to don't put a monkey's heart in somebody. They try to put a pig heart in somebody trying to make it work because it don't jive. Okay. But people, you know, if you don't, oh, I don't want anything to do with God. Oh, no, 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 no. Some people say there is no God. Well, the Bible says you're a fool to think that. But then they, they'll, other people will come on and they'll say, well, I'm just going to worship, you know, the stars. It's all about the stars out there. Well, that's what these guys were getting in trouble for. Okay, so anyway, they were exiled because they worshipped idols. Anyway, now, that brings us to what we're going to look at now. So let's go over here to the New Testament because we've seen all these miracles we hear about the Lord doing this and this and this and this and in the Old Testament, all these miracles taking place. Let's go to the book of Luke here just a second. And I want to look first at, oh, let's go to Luke chapter 7. Now, remember what you read here? You can get jealous of and say, hey, whoa, 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 I need some of that. Well, if you'll do what these guys do, you can have it, which is simply just look to him. Ask the Lord for his help. Now, this will throw a curve at you right here, but let's see what happens. Uh, let's see where we get to. Let me get down here. Okay. Let's start right here. Not long afterwards, Jesus, you know, I mean, some people think he never existed. Well, that's putting your head in the sand totally. Well, we need a religion and what? No, no, he historically was actually here. Your calendar, every time you sign a check or a date or whatever, it's dated because of his existence. A.D. is after death. B.C. is before Christ. They're trying to change that and say, they're going to try to say B.C.E., which means before the common era. Mm -mm. It was before Christ. I mean, it hit hard when it hit. Anyway, not long after Jesus went with his disciples to a village of Nain, some place that actually existed, Okay. And the usual great crowd at his heels. Now, this is the reason a great crowd was at his heels. Watch, he's fixed to do something else. A funeral procession was coming out as he approached the village gate. The boy who had died was the only son of his widowed mother, and many mourners from the village were with her. Now, there's several things here that's important. This was just a boy, and he was the only son of a widowed mother. Well, wait, this would be a great opportunity for this mother to learn what it's like to feel what it's like to not have somebody take care of her. It's the Lord's will. No, it wasn't. The Lord's will was Jesus here. Watch this. When the Lord saw her and see from heaven, he sees us in whatever we're going through now. His heart overflowed with sympathy. So see, do you see where I'm getting, getting here from this? Do you think he does not overflow sympathy toward you when things go wrong or something goes wrong in your life? But he sure does. So anyway, uh, he said, don't cry. Well, now, Lord, come on. They just, just straighten up. Even though your boy's dead, just straighten up. No, he was going to give her something to rejoice about. And it was right there. Don't cry. And he walked over to the coffin, touched it, and the bears, the pallbearers, you know what I mean, they stopped. Laddie, he said, come back to life again. Well, you know what happened. Up popped a little kid. Now listen, these stories happened all over the Old Testament. It's not just a one-time incident here. A prophet by the name of Elijah did the same thing. Elisha behind him did the same thing. And then when those two guys died, one of them, I think, was Elijah, whichever one it was. Elijah, his bones were somewhere. And one of these guys had some best friends, and their best friend died or something. And they took him, and while they were burying him, all of a sudden, because, I mean, they called them raiders. People just come in and just attack, whatever. And all of a sudden, these bad guys are coming to get him. So they took this, their friend that they loved, and they just chunked him in the closest grave. Well, the closest grave was Elisha. 
And anyway, and they tore out running. But the scripture says as soon as the dead guy that they had, as soon as they tossed him in Elijah's grave, there was so much power in Elijah's bones still laying there, <laughs> he come to. Then you've got Lazarus. And then you've got several others that Jesus raised from the dead. Matter of fact, I think there's one right before this one. Oh, uh, no, it was another fellow. But anyway, okay. So, uh, but let me get back to this one little point here. So, don't cry. The boy sat up, began to talk to them. Look what it says. Great fear swept through the crowd. They exclaimed with praises to God. A mighty prophet has risen among us, and we have seen the hand of God at work today. Today? Yeah. In other words, because of those stories that you would read in the Old Testament about what the prophets were doing, there you go. Jesus himself. They said about him, a mighty prophet. Now let's back up to the uh, fourth chapter just a moment. Jesus comes somewhere. He, he came to the village of Nazareth, his boyhood home. Hey, he went as usual to the synagogue on Saturday. It's kind of like us. We're at church. Okay, great. We had donuts, coffee. and Okay. And he stood up to read the scriptures. So far, we're doing that. Hey, we're playing along. The book of Isaiah, the prophet, okay, was handed to him. And he opened it to the place, just kind of like what I did this morning. I've opened it to a couple places, and we're watching. The Spirit of the Lord, he said, is upon me. Notice what? He's appointed me to preach the good news to the poor. Think about the word poor there. What would be good news to a poor guy? Obviously, you opened up your wallet and gave him some money, whatever. Hey, good news, poor guy. You don't have a cold today. Well, he didn't have a cold anyway. You know, you don't have back trouble. Well, he didn't have back trouble anyway. He's a poor guy. So what's good news to a poor guy? I tell you, it doesn't matter where you are financially right now. You should always know that the Lord's going to carry you further. Remember the story of the talents. He gave one guy $2,000. He gave one guy $5,000. He gave one guy $1,000. The guy that had the $1,000, remember what he did? He just stuck it in the ground and buried it. But the guy with the two immediately went out buying and selling, and he got $2,000 more. The guy with the five immediately went out, went buying and selling, and he made $5,000 more. So he now had $10,000. Then when they went and talked to their boss, their boss told them one at a time. He says, man, you did a good job. I'll give you some more. He said, well done, thou good and faithful servant. We've heard that. We think about that when we die one day. The Lord's going to tell us, well done, thou good and faithful servant. That was all because of the financial arrangement and blessings that took place. The guy that did nothing, he goes, well, I just hid your money because I thought, you know, I mean, I he just hid the money. And God called him a wicked slave. Now, you don't use a story to talk about Jesus and the kingdom of heaven if it doesn't work. The Lord wants to bless you financially. It's so amazing. When you take, the, the, if, if you're that far behind and you take Genesis, that's okay. Take the book of Genesis and read the book of Genesis. It's just a wonderful little story. It's like a novel. And you'll realize, hey, look what God did for these guys. Abraham was rich in cattle, silver, and gold. Wow, and when he went over to go get, he sent a slave, one of his slaves, to go get a wife for his son. And when he got there, he had several camel loads worth of gifts and gold and stuff to give to this girl that was part of uh, his, his uncle's, because you wanted to marry kinfolk back in those days instead of just the local people or whatever. But he produced all these kind of bracelets and stuff for her, even her mother and whatever. Okay, so anyway, he's appointed me to preach the good news to the poor. So don't ever think the Lord wants you to be poor, no matter what level you are in life. It doesn't matter. And even you might think somebody's really well off or you might be doing really well, but something's going to come in and all of a sudden mess up your finances a little bit. Remember, good news to the poor. And you could be poor in a second, but the Lord will help you financially. Okay. 
He said, it's here. I, the Lord's, the, the blessings on me to help. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Announce uh, that the captives shall be released and the blind shall see. You know. And then what's the last thing he said here? Oh. And the trodden shall be free from their oppressors. Anyway, he says that God's ready to give blessings to all that come to him. All? Yeah, that's what he said. He closed the book, handed it to the attendant, sat down while everyone in the synagogue gazed at him. Then he added, these scriptures, look at that, came true today. Well, see, that's what the people start doing. Yeah, right. Oh, sure, sure. So here they go. They all spoke well and were amazed at the beautiful words of his lips. Now, the reason they were amazed because they were saying, this can't be. This is just Richard. I mean, come on. Richard rents this building, you know. And, I mean, it's, this can't be so. It is so. It's not me. It's, it's the Bible. It just works. And so Jesus goes ahead and says, well, you'll probably quote to me this proverb, physician, heal yourself. Meaning, why don't you do miracles here in your hometown like you did in Capernaum? Now, the reason they were asking that is because they didn't believe it. They said, yeah, we know who your daddy is. Yeah, no, not likely. Look what he says. He starts quoting stuff that happened in history. I solemnly declare to you that no prophet is accepted in his hometown. For example, remember how Elijah used a miracle to help a widow of Zarephath? Her son had died and was brought back to life. Also, she didn't have any money, and all of a sudden, she was blessed. There were many Jewish widows needing help in those days of famine. There had been no rain for three and a half years. Hunger stalked the land, yet Elijah was not sent to them. Or think about Elisha, who healed Naaman the Syrian. There were many people who needed to be healed, but he was the only one. Anyway, notice what happened. They were stung to fury. They got mad at Jesus. They jumped up. They mobbed him, and they crucified him. No, this is not even the crucifixion, and they didn't crucify him. They tried to push him off a cliff, though. Look at that. They took him to the edge of the hill where the city was built to push him over the cliff. Why were they going to push him off the cliff? The same reason we can get all bent out of shape and thinking Jesus won't help us today. Well, I know you're standing at my door knocking, but because of you, I got all these troubles. No, wrong. It's because of somebody else. He's got a red tail, you know, red horns. I mean, he really exists. The scripture talks about him. His name's Satan. Jesus said himself, the thief comes not but to kill, steal, and destroy. But I've come that you might have life. Wow. But anyway, notice what he did. They tried to throw him off the cliff, but he walked through the crowd and left them. Same thing when you get encountered with uh, difficulties and whatever, or people trying to get on you. The Lord will get you out of trouble. He returned to Capernaum. Notice what he did. A city in Galilee preached there every Saturday. Here, too, the people were amazed at the things he said, for he spoke as one who knew the truth instead of merely quoting from the opinions, opinions of others as his authority. And he says, once a man in the synagogue there, was, it was demon-possessed, and Jesus just said, go away. No, excuse me, the guy said, the demon said, go away, we don't want to have nothing to do with you. Have you come to, notice the phrase, come to destroy us. Even the devil knows he's toast. <laughs> so the devil said, well, you, you, you come to destroy us? We know who you are. Boy, Jesus cut him short and said, be silent. Wow. Told the demon, come out. No, he didn't say, you know what? We need to teach this guy a lesson. It might be the Lord's will that you have trouble all your life. No, Jesus wanted it stopped. I mean, how hard is it for God to write you a note and say, I need you to do this? Do we need a car wreck to teach us something? See, that's, that's just myths and just stupidity. Hmm. No, you're not going to learn anything from a car wreck. You sure not. You know, I mean, by, I mean, at what point do you realize that, you know, whatever you, if you thought you did something wrong and had a car, I mean, how long would it take you to correct that? It's sure not worth the broken bones and stuff. Anyway, people were amazed and said, "What is this man's words that even demons obey him?" And even uh, so, the story of what he had done spread like wildfire throughout the region. After leaving the synagogue that day, he went to Simon's house. His mother-in-law was had a very high fever. She was sick. 
And they said, please healer. Well, no, wait a minute. Can't do that. Yeah, you can. We're talking to the Lord here. That'll help you. Standing beside her bedside, he spoke to the fever, rebuked it, and immediately her temperature returned to normal. She got up and prepared a meal for them. I mean, you might be saying, well, yeah, but that's if Jesus was there. Well, remember the picture here. Revelation 3 says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. He's right there at your house, just like Simon's house. He's right there. Notice this, as the sun was setting, all the villagers who had any sick people in their home, no matter what their diseases were, they brought them to Jesus, and he touched, uh, and the touch of his hands healed everyone. Anyway, some were possessed by demons. Anyway, notice, uh, nonetheless, you know, all this stuff was taking place because <clears throat> Jesus was right there, a mighty prophet. Now, let's go to the book of John just a moment. <clears throat> we'll probably just only be able to get one chapter, but watch this. Oh, uh, let me switch this to the, the King James just a moment because there's a phrase I like to catch here. Oh, uh, in John chapter 1, this is John chapter, it, John here is the same gospel that, that you got John three sixteen for God so loved the world he gave his only begotten son. That's the third chapter. Here's the first chapter, okay? And it's a story all the way till you get to, there's 21 chapters. Jesus will die in here, then he'll be resurrected, you know, all this stuff. It's, it's just a storyline. Notice in the beginning was the word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Now, we'll switch this to the Living Bible just a second. Let's go back here. It says, before anything else existed. Now, boy, these are the great lies, aren't they? Because they seem to believe that it wasn't evolution, and they also seem to believe there was a beginning. Well, of course there was. Before anything else existed, there was Christ, or you could say Jesus. And anyway, uh, and he was with God. He's always been alive, and he himself is God. So we have... In, the, uh, in this book right here, they tried to stone Jesus one time because he said, well, before Abraham was, in other words, somebody who was about 4,000 years ago, before Abraham was, I am, or I was there. Because he said, Abraham has been waiting for me to arrive. And they go, you're not even 50 years old, and have you seen Abraham? And the Lord says, before Abraham was, I am. In other words, he, he did. And they picked up stones, and they were going to kill Jesus because they thought he's out of his mind. Well, Jesus is out of his mind if these things are not true, but we know it is true. It is true. So watch this. Before everything else existed, there was Christ with God. He's always been alive and is himself God. He created everything there is. Nothing exists that he didn't make. Now, when you think about that and your silly problems you're faced with, you're going, while you're driving, you're going, oh, God, i got to face something at work. And you're looking at that river you just went by, you know, and then you glance up in the sky and you're going, you might see the moon in the daytime, whatever, you're going, how'd that thing get there? And you go, wait a minute, God created all this stuff. Well, if he made that stupid moon, he could fix me at work, you know. If he did this, I mean, he's going to be, because you can't reach out there and go, well, that moon is man-made, you know. That tree, they can't make a tree. They can make things out of trees, but uh, the tree was there for anything else. We didn't make ourselves, you know. Anyway, so he created everything there is. Nothing exists that he didn't make. Notice this, eternal life is in him. Now, if you remember the Garden of Eden, there was two trees, knowledge of, of, of good and evil. Then there was a tree of life. Remember that, two things? And, of course, Adam and Eve, they decided they'd go for, the, go for door number two. They went for the knowledge of good and evil, and it wound up costing them everything. And then their Bible says that when they were thrown out of the garden, there was an angel with a flaming sword. All these angels are referred to as flaming, whatever. And they were guarding that tree of life. And remember, they weren't ever supposed to die unless they had eaten that tree, you know, of, you know, good and evil. So there's something about this right here. 
And guess what? It's for all of us here. I don't care what any of us have done. It makes no difference what we've done, what we might be doing or anything like that. It makes no difference. Eternal life is in Him. It's not in you. It's something He gives you and I. But it's in Him. And this life gives light, notice this, to all mankind. That's the reason the angel was on the hill rejoicing, saying, good news to all men everywhere. A Savior is born. He didn't say, well, God thinks this is good. I don't know if y'all think it's too good. Matter of fact, y'all are toast because we got a big old great day of judgment coming and y'all are toast, toast, toast. No, he didn't say that. A Savior is born. We can't save ourselves. Notice this. His life is the light that shines through the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. Now, he's getting into some history here, right here, about Jesus because this is the start of where we hear Jesus here on earth. God sent John the Baptist as a witness to the fact that Jesus Christ is the true light. John was not the light. He was only a witness to identify it. And he did a good job, too. Later on, the one who is the true light arrived to shine on everyone coming in the world. That's the reason the great throngs of people, you couldn't stop them. And the religious people were all mad. And that's the reason they ultimately crucified Jesus, they thought. Okay, but although he made the world, boy, here we go again. The Bible still thinks God made everything. He did. Look at this. The world didn't recognize him when he came. Well, that's true, you know. Even in his own land, among his own people. Remember, they said, yeah, you're Joseph's son. The Jews, he, anyway, the Jews, he was not accepted. Only a few would welcome and receive him. But all who received him, he gave the right to become the children of God. Now, what's so great about that? Notice this. Watch closely. If you, if you, if you said, Jesus, I believe you. I believe you. And he says, okay, he gave you the right to become the children of God. Let me show you something financial about this. John, uh, John, uh, excuse me, oh, uh, Matthew chapter 17, little story here about some financial trouble, and guess what, because you're a child of God, you get this blessing too, watch what happens here, let me switch this to the, uh, to the, uh, to the King James, watch this closely, all right, close that down, all right, so anyway, where's the money thing happen here, here we go, that just means tax? When they came to, let's say, Atlanta, they got to Atlanta, they received uh, those that were taking the money for the IRS. They came to Peter and says, hey, doth not your master pay the tribute? In other words, pay the tax. Okay, let's switch this to the Living Bible just a second. Verse 24. Uh, these tax collectors. Of course he does. Now, that's an interesting answer from somebody who's speaking for Jesus. He didn't go, well, you know what, guy, I don't know. I mean, sometimes God is there, sometimes he's not. I mean, I don't know. I mean, he said, yeah, he does. Of course he does. Now, watch what Jesus says. He went into the house to talk to Jesus about it. But, now that's so important. Peter didn't get to tell him the story. Jesus already knows how much money's in your wallet. He already knows what you're thinking about. You're not going to inform him of anything. So he's way ahead of you. Not that he wants to be haughty about it, but he's there to help you. Watch this. He says, uh, Peter, uh, he said, before I had a chance to speak, Jesus said, hey, what do you think, Peter? The king levy, the, the king's levy assessments or attachments against their own people or against conquered foreigners. And I want to switch this to the King James because it's, uh, oh, it's, I mean, you can still see it from there, but I'm going to switch it to the King James here in just a second. That's verse 25. Yeah. He says, uh, do they notice this? See the phrase? Do they take taxes from their own kids? What? No. They take them from the other people. All right. And then he says, Jesus said, well, strangers. Then Jesus said, then are the children free? And we just read a moment ago, whoever receives Jesus had the right to become children of God. 
Anyway, he says, well, let's, so we don't offend these guys. Let's switch this back to the Living Bible. Verse 27. However, we don't want to offend them. Go down to the shore, throw in a line, open the mouth of the first fish you catch, and you'll find a coin to cover taxes for both you and me. Now, we got Jesus caught right here. He did it one time for somebody, and he also taught Peter a story saying that the children are free. Well, the book of John says we now have a right to become his children. And, buddy, we're in on this. So here's what it says here. All who received him, he gave right to become the children of God. All they needed to do was trust him to save them. Notice he didn't say, well, you got to jump through this hoop, jump through this hoop. Uh-uh. Just trust him to save you. Well, real quick, we're running out of time. So anyway, all those who believe are reborn, not a physical rebirth. That's the reason. Don't look at something on the outside when you say, well, well if you're born again, you're going to do this. Uh, don't look on the outside. It's something that took place on the inside. Okay. Oh, uh, Not resulting from, you know, like having a mom and dad, but it's the will of God. He said Christ himself became a human being, which is, that's a shock. Mary and Joseph, that incident, that story. He lived here among us full of loving, forgiveness, and truth. And some of us have seen his glory, the glory of of the only Son of heaven, of the Heavenly Father. He says, John pointed him out, telling the crowds, this is the one I was talking about. Someone is coming who's far greater than I am. He existed long before I did. So Jesus didn't just show up 2,000 years ago. Notice this. Look at this next phrase, and we better stop here. We have all benefited from the rich blessings he has brought to us. Look at this. Blessing, uh, blessing upon blessing heaped upon us. And that's the reason that Revelation 3.20 says he's standing right there. Let's look at that verse. Make sure it didn't disappear and then we'll stop. Where'd it go? Very end of the Bible. It's kind of interesting how it's right here at the end. Well, get that down there. Well, do it this way. There it is. Revelation. Revelation 3 and it happens to be verse 20. All right. Look at this. He says, look. I have been standing at the door and am constantly knocking. Can you get that? Says, the King James says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Well, same thing, but this this more Alabama language. I'm constantly knocking. Richard, open the door. I'll help you with your money. I'll help you with your neck hurting or your hearing or your eyes or whatever or some problem somewhere else. He said, I will come in and I'll leave. No, he said, I'll come in and fellowship with him and he with me. Wow. That's where he is. Father, we just thank you today that you're there to help us. Lord, if we're not feeling good, you'll take care of that. Sick, any way, shape, form, or fashion, you'll take care of that. According to the great prophets we see, they always did all that, and you said you'd do it. Father, if we're hurting financially, you said you'd fix that too, just like the widow woman that didn't have any money. Uh, you took care of that, and we realize you'd take care of us too. Lord, if it's any other problem, we know you'll fix that. It doesn't matter what it is. You'll just help us because we're looking for you to save us. Your name's Jesus, and it means Savior. And, Lord, that doesn't leave anything left but for us to just leave a trail of what you're doing in our life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, amen, amen. Yeah, blow my candles out for me.